We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. I'm joined today by Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, we got some interesting news on Wednesday night, and that interesting news is Survivor is less than a week away. Survivor Season 45 coming at you next Wednesday night. Jeff Probst back for another episode. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I am excited for that, but the real news involving the Pacers, Fachi, please fill us in. Yeah, I mean, I, when you say like, "What is that news?" I was like, oh, and then uh, and then you went in a different direction. But no, that <laughs> news is it came. I don't want to say out of left field, but we hadn't heard anything even remotely Pacers related for too long. Yeah. And then Shams comes out and says, after contract extension negotiations stalled out, Buddy Hield and the Indiana Pacers have started dialogue to work on finding a potential trade. Alex, what was your initial reaction when you saw this report? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was a little bit surprised at the timing of the report. I wasn't necessarily surprised by the report coming out about Buddy potentially being on the move and then not coming to an extension agreement. But I will say this, all season long, I've been saying, I feel like there's another move to be made. And it just kind of have oh, yeah. it's kind of felt that way all offseason. And I, and I wasn't just saying that because I had no intel. I, I just had a, I had a hunch and I had some intel that this could be a potential possibility. So Let's just put it out there. I mean, they tried to trade TJ McConnell at one point. Mm-hmm. Those talks came and failed, right? And then now all of a sudden you got Buddy Hield, who is up for an extension at the end of the year, but he's also the third oldest guy on the team. And this team is very young. And extending him, it's an interesting dynamic because we know that this team could have quite a bit of spending money in free agency next year if they don't lock anybody up and they turn down their team options. So on players like a Bruce Brown, Daniel Tice, TJ McConnell. So are not partial guarantees. So 
that's why I think it, it just it had to have been such a low ball of an offer to make Buddy Hill not accept it. I know. I, I'm with you on there. You feel like the Patriots wanted to offer him something to say, hey, look, if you're willing to take this, then yeah, we, we would love to have you back. Yeah. But this is Buddy Heald in a contract year, turning 31 years old, looking at his last real contract. I mean, potentially his last three, four-year deal of substantial money. And look, Buddy was making $19.2 million. So you got to imagine he would like to be making at least the same, say ballpark $20 million range. I don't see, and you clearly don't either, and I don't think any of us really saw the Pacers offering him another contract that was going to be in that range when it feels like they've had um, wide eyes. They, they've had big eyes looking for that next, who could be that potential, not star, but like an all-star that you could pair next to Tyrese Halliburton. They've been maintaining that flexibility, and it just felt like if they were to come to an agreement with Buddy Heald, say a deal around $20 million or so, that would kind of be like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what, where are we going from here? Like, yeah. Halliburton's max is going to kick in soon. Like, we just signed Bruce Brown. Like, it just feels like where we'd be, quote, you know, running it back. <laughs> so when I got this report, I wasn't surprised. I, I felt that we had kind of gone with that assumption of like, oh, who knows if Buddy's still here by the deadline or yeah. will Buddy finish the year? But it's good to get some clarity on this because we know one of the things the Pacers front office has done is do right by their players. When they, when they're, when they know that someone could be falling out of the rotation or might not be someone that's going to get a lot of playing time in general, they like to try and find that player a home. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that once again, the Pacers are doing right by their players. But here's my next question for you. When would you anticipate a deal happening? Yeah, I think one of the most realistic timelines is always around December 15th, whenever yes. these contracts are net or recently signed can become available to be traded because there's so many trades. If you look at these options out here of teams that could make a trade for Buddy, it says recently signed, can't trade him until yep. December 15th or whatever that official date is. It might be a little bit uh, later than that, but I, I mean, it's in the middle of December usually, and we always talk it's about that like day. The 15th, basically. Yeah, so we always kind of like target that date as like, okay, trades could happen now, but I also think the Pacers are going to be smart with this because, look, here, Fachi, let's just lay it out. Buddy Heald on this roster is not going to hurt this team. Okay, no. so if they go to camp with Buddy Heald on the roster still and they start the year with him, which is likely, I think Shams even reported that, that it's likely he's still there at the start of the season, it's not going to I don't think it's going to disrupt anything. I think that his relationship with Carlisle and Tyrese and the rest of the guys in the group, like they understand it's a business. Like the whole mile situation didn't seem to be that much of a dark cloud over the team last year. So I think that with Buddy Hill, if he's on the roster, it's not going to hurt the team. And I think it still could help them because he does do some good things. He is a good fit with this roster and in terms of the style they want to play, but it's all comes down to the business side of things. And I think that's where people kind of get a little bit lost to get their hearts a little bit too attached to all this stuff because the Pacers, yeah, they like buddy. I mean, Kevin Pritchard said he loves buddy. Okay. There's no doubt about it, but as much as they love a guy, if he's not the right answer for the team long-term at the money that they feel like he's worthy of, then they've got to look at other options. I think that the smart thing to do here is allow buddy to play with the team kind of not, make his stock any better because I don't think his stock's really going to change that much regardless. I think he's capable of doing some different things, but I, I do think that if he can embrace a bench role, if that's the decision that the coaching staff decides to do and bring him off the bench, then that'd be great because the teams that we're hearing 
talking about trading for him probably will bring him off the bench or he'll be the last starter on their roster. So I'm not exactly sure what, you know, the, the main goal here is for Buddy in terms of money-wise, but I do know that it's all about role. It's about finding the right role. Doesn't seem like that's the thing for the Pacers here, but ultimately if the Pacers are smart, they hold on to Buddy for as long as possible and they see what offers they really get for him because you don't want to just trade Buddy Hill to trade Buddy Hill and not get anything of significant value back. Not saying he's worth a bunch, but I'm just saying you don't just trade him for the first deal that's available because there could be teams that become a little bit more desperate as we get closer to the deadline that might be willing to part with a pick or two instead of a team that's just like, yeah, I'd like to add this guy. I'll give you a salary filler plus a decent pick, and it's just kind of like meh value. Yeah. I completely agree. Here's the thing. The Pacers, Buddy's going to be professional about this, and the Pacers want to win. There is no scenario where they should just be like, hey, we're, we're just not going to play him. We're going to find him a new home. And nope. He's got great chemistry. He's a great teammate. I mean, they even talked about how he's made practice light for everybody. His teammates love him. I think that this is an opportunity for Buddy to maybe not play the same amount of 30 minutes per game, but still have a really solid role on this team. And then they played things out. We didn't. We don't see a deal happening. Rarely are trades ever made in like you know October, November of any real significance. It's always typically after, like you mentioned, December fifteenth. They could easily even ride this out to the deadline. Yeah, they could. It might just be that hey, they'll find him a new home, and you know that could be going to a contender at some point. You mentioned some of the teams that were reported to be interested in him in the past few months: Milwaukee, Dallas, Philly. So you mentioned, hey, if he's going to join one of those teams, he ain't starting. Okay, yeah. he's coming off the bench, and you you automatically look at, say, for instance, Milwaukee. You're looking at a combination of like Pat Connaughton, uh, Grayson Allen. Like, there's not that much there that's going to be. We got to make that deal now. It's like, no, no, yeah. no. Let's let's wait. Be patient about this because there could be a scenario where the Pacers could pick up another first round pick and a player that could help them. You know, anything of that sort. Obviously, trades now are a little bit more difficult now. The salary has got to be closer to match than in years past. But I think that Buddy's going to be a professional about it. But the key thing that was said in April, Pritchard said at that conference, press conference to end the year, was, hey, we love Buddy. And if we could find a role that's right for both parties, you know, we would. I would be opposed to extending him. Do you think there was major pushback in terms of Buddy's role with this team? Or do you think it kind of came down to just maybe – money on that next contract and hey I, I think we're two totally different sides well i think that the fact that the pacers were reportedly uh they reportedly gave him an offer it, mm -hmm. it seems that they did agree on what the role might be i okay. do think that it comes down to the money and i think ultimately the pacers are trying to be smart with their money because they still have cap space they could have done some kind of renegotiation and extension once again like they did last year with miles they could have done that yep. but i just think overall if you look at this pacers team flash there is kind of a log jam at this position. I mean, they, they bring in Bruce Brown. They drafted Ben Shepard. They've already got Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nimhart. So there's going to be minutes for Buddy, I think, right now because he's too good of a player and you don't want to like decrease his value by not playing him. So I do think that there is value for him, but I think at the same time, he's going to have a role. I'm not saying he's not, but I think that they understand the bigger picture. This is a youth movement still. This is, it is why you bring a Bruce Brown in is because he's a better defender. And as much as you love Buddy's shooting and as much as he can do things great for you offensively, 
you have enough offensive firepower on this roster to make up for that. So that is kind of my biggest concern here with people that are so attached to Buddy, not realizing like who else can spread the floor like this. Well, nobody can really spread the floor like that, but I still think if you have above average three-point shooters out there, you're going to be okay. But if they cannot defend, Buddy Hill is going to be attacked over and over yes. and over again in a playoff series if he's on the floor because Buddy Hill's not a good defender. So I, I saw some hot takes on Twitter about all this uh, stuff coming out. I, I kind of quote tweeted one because somebody was saying, get rid of Nimhard, keep Buddy. I mean, what are we doing here? That is just not Whoa, a good basketball take. That is a terrible basketball take, and I'm not even trying to be mean to whoever said that, but that is just an awful take. There's no way you get rid of your lowest paid player on the roster, Andrew Nimhard, the lowest paid player on the Pacers roster, who was a starter for 60-plus games last year and guarded the opposing team's best player for a 31-year-old Buddy Heal. Like, come on. Get your hearts and emotions off of this situation and look bigger picture. So I understand, like, hey, maybe you feel like the Bruce Brown signing wasn't worth it because you have Buddy. Bruce Brown is a better fit than Buddy Heal moving forward with this team. So I'm sorry if I'm stealing a lot of your points here, Fachi, but please elaborate on everything that I've said and throw in some other stuff because I just don't understand why people are so upset about the idea of moving Buddy. I, I think that it just makes too much sense. The only scenario where Andrew Nemhart's name should even be brought up is to say that this could open up more playing time for Andrew Nemhart. <laughs> now, a couple other things that this, by moving Buddy, could create is, A, the Pacers could be more likely to pick up Bruce Brown's second year option because you're not going to have $20 million committed to Buddy Heald. Uh, two, a guy like Aaron Neesmith and Obi Toppin who are set to hit restricted free agency. That gives you the ability to bring back either, if not both. We'll see how that plays out this year. There's a lot of different options, but the Pacers have made it, you know, not they haven't set it out front, but it's it feels like a major priority is to get more playing time for Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nimmar. Those are two players that can play the two or the three, and it just feels like that's where Buddy is slated. You obviously, you mentioned Bruce Brown. That was your big signing. We knew going into this offseason, wow, yeah, there is a logjam there at the two and three. What are they going to do? Well, they moved Chris Duarte. They did. But when you draft Ben Shepard, okay, all right, now that's kind of like that replacement over there. We felt the moment Ben Shepard was drafted, it was probably to be an eventual Buddy Heald-type replacement. Yeah. Never saying that Ben Shepard's going to go down to be one of the best three-point shooters of all time or anything of that, but to fit that need of, hey, we can get shooting for a lot cheaper at that point. And, buddy, look, it's really hard to replace the guy who leads the NBA in threes made over the last five years. It's 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 going to be about impossible. But the Pacers will have cheaper options over there like a Nemhard, like a Ben Shepard, to be able to help with some of that. And Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. to you know some of that three-point shooting as they look to dream a bit bigger and go after maybe it's an OG you know anything of those type of players buddy Hill's salary there's very few salaries that could be included in a bigger trade buddy's 19.2 million dollars is probably your best bet to bring in a all-star caliber player salary wise if you're not looking to move a miles Turner who's also obviously making around $20 million or so. So mm -hmm. I think that by moving Buddy Heald, you're creating even more options for a guy that, well, you know, is entering free agency and doesn't look to be back with the team.
Well, and you bring up a good point about the trade stuff because look at how the Pacers acquired Tyrese Halliburton. They had to take on Buddy's contract to go with Tyrese for Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday and all that stuff to make sense. Now, Tristan Thompson also came over in the deal, but you probably could have removed Tristan and Jeremy Lamb and done Sabonis and Justin Holiday for Tyrese and Buddy, and the deal still would have got done in terms of financial reasons or, or find how it looks financially. It would have matched up okay salary-wise. So that's kind of the point. It's like, yeah, Buddy Hill's a good player, but he's a role player. Buddy Hill's not moving the needle for your championship-level contenders right like he he might make a playoff team better by being a shooter yeah, but exactly let's be honest i mean when the pelicans traded him to the kings they got demarcus cousins okay you're not gonna get that kind of return for buddy hill because he's no longer a first nope. round pick right <laughs> like he is a first round pick but it wasn't that current year then he goes to sacramento that team never made the playoffs he gets traded to indiana guess who made the playoffs sacramento who didn't indiana so it's like Buddy Hill's a good offensive player, but I think that it really just comes down to the right infrastructure. And I think the biggest thing people have, you know, that have been upset have put out on Twitter and, and other social media outlets. Oh, this is Tyrese's best friend. How are we going to upset Tyrese like this by moving off of Buddy? Calm down. Tyrese signed a five-year max extension. This is not like the Pacers trading George Hill to Utah when Paul George was in the prime of his career. Like, no, this is totally different. Tyrese is like 23 years old. Buddy's 31. They're friends, but it's also like, yeah, I understand. It's a business. We got a lot of young guys here, and you talked about it. They bring in Bruce Brown. You got Nimhart. You got Matherin. You got Neesmith. Those are four guys right there that can split the minutes evenly at the two and three spot without even mentioning Buddy Hill's name. Then you got TJ McConnell who can play back a point guard, but then McConnell might be out of the rotation if Buddy Hill is here to stay, or you're talking about significantly less minutes for guys like a Neesmith, like a Nimhart, like a buddy that you'd like to see maybe get more minutes. So I think, like you said, it, it's going to come down to he could be thrown in here for a bigger trade. But if you look at the Dallas Mavericks, they're a team that has coveted Buddy for a while. Mm -hmm. I can see the reason why they like him, but really the only trade that makes sense there is like a Tim Hardaway Jr. trade with a pick involved, and nobody really is like excited about that one. But then you go to Philly and Milwaukee, and you talked about a Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton for Buddy. I mean, that doesn't do anything for the Pacers. It just makes the log gym even more crowded at the backup guard position. And with the new CBA, Philly and Milwaukee, they're over the tax. So their salary has to be equal to or they're taking back less than what they're putting out for a deal to go through. So you're talking about having a, the, the Pacers having to take on more money for a deal to go through. And it's more like a two for one deal. That means the Pacers then would have to cut somebody. So that is why you're hearing everyone say they're going to have to wait till the season starts. But let me throw this idea to you, Fachi. What do you got? Philadelphia has a very disgruntled superstar in the name, by the name of James Harden. He's been wanting to go to the Clippers all mm -hmm. offseason long. I think that if there's a, a James Harden trade to the Clippers, then maybe the Pacers get involved and send Buddy to Philly and then take on somebody from the Clippers. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense for the roster or maybe makes a little bit more sense contractually, like an expiring contract, like let's just say a Robert Covington or maybe even a Marcus Morris. We could talk about him in the offseason with a pick in, uh, involved. That could make a little bit more sense than trading Buddy to Philly outright for PJ Tucker and Furkan Korkmaz. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just not going to work. 
No, it, it's not. And I, I looked around at, at a bunch of those type of trades. And you, know, you mentioned like a Tim Hardaway for, for the Mavs is a player that salary-wise works, but then he's got a whole nother year of about yep. $16 million left. That changes everything. The Mavs owe their pick this year to to the Knicks. Would they then want to trade, you know, a 2025 first round pick for Buddy Heald expiring? I don't know. It complicates things. So when you talk about the Clippers, that James Harden scenario, it reminds me of, hey, you know, what if the Pacers are able to third wheel uh, a Portland and Miami deal? You know, mm-hmm. this is where I think a guy like Buddy could fit in perfectly in those type of deals because I got the, the Clippers roster pulled up. I mean, you're looking at Marcus Morris is a $17 million expiring contract this year. It's close enough, about $2 million off for Buddy. But we might be already getting the Clippers first round pick from that trade we made with Denver. Yeah. And they're already a, a little bit shy on picks. So it starts to then become, well, the next first round pick that they have available to trade is 2027. Yeah. So even that complicates things. So I don't know how it's going to play out. But I don't think that the Pacers are dealing with a disgruntled star who says, I will not play for you or I, I you know, don't even bother. I won't be there. It's not like that. So they're going to ride this out. And I remember a couple of years ago, so do you, you, when things were not looking great for Oladipo and the Pacers. And it was like, are they going to, what are they going to do? Are they going to trade him before the year started? And they waited until January. Yeah. So well, the season didn't start till that. Well, it was it was a it was a later season, but but at the same <laughs> at the same point, the season had started in like d- somewhat December, you know. So it was yeah. just like people were wondering where they're gonna trade them ahead of time. No, Pacers are gonna wait for the right offer. I think the right offer will probably be there after the new year, closer to the trade deadline, where a first round pick could be more available. Like you mentioned earlier, maybe an injury happens. Maybe something where, you know, all of a sudden the team says, hey, you know what, we need a little bit of a spark plug. So I think that that's there's no scenario where I would make this trade before December 15th when some of those contracts become available for trades. I think that would be really rushing it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, I mean, if the right deal comes along, like let's just say for some reason the Pacers look at Toronto and they're like, we really want Pascal. We know they were rumored to be after him in the offseason. If that opportunity comes available where the Toronto Raptors start off like 3-10 and 10 or something like that and Pascal's like, they're just like, okay, we're going to blow it up, right? Well, then I think at that point you have to consider like all the options. And so the Pacers, I know, were very interested in going after Pascal. And if it's going to cost you some picks and it's going to cost you buddy and maybe a young player, you might swallow hard and do it. I mean, that's just kind of the tough spot you're in at this point. But I think if the Pacers get Pascal Siakam in that starting lineup with Tyrese, Benedict, and Miles, that's a good core four to move yes. forward with. And you can build upon that. So it's not like you're you're – you know, you're struck, you're not, you're not stuck with that team. So uh, you have options. There's a lot of players on this team that give you some options, but I am curious, is there a team out there that you think is the perfect fit for Buddy Hill in terms of a trade that you came up with? Perfect fit. Mm, that could, that could be a little bit tough, but there are a couple of teams that I think, uh, I think the Oklahoma city thunder, I mean, I think that they could be, you know, looking for a, a little bit of a, a boost uh, not not a sexy deal, but a deal that I think could probably get done. Davis Bertans and a first round pick. They have the Heat's 2025 lottery protected first round pick. Bertans only owed five million dollars after this year. I think that's a trade that OKC would definitely do if the Pacers are looking for future draft, you know, draft compensation and a guy that can shoot threes, but also does not need to play anywhere near as much as buddy healed or there's a few other offers this one what do you think of this and this name i i'm telling you i don't know why he always comes up year after year you're looking to make it simple what about this the charlotte Hornets. Uh, i knew gordon hayward was about to gordon <laughs> hayward's coming up it's gordon hayward's 31.5 million dollar expiring contract for buddy healed and tice Gordon Hayward accepts a role off the bench. The Pacers actually clear up a roster spot and the logjam at the center position. It gives them flexibility to go after someone else this year to add to the team, but you're also not taking on a dollar in future salary. Yeah, it makes some sense. I I think that that's definitely a possibility in terms of going after someone like that, but Hayward's going to need to play, and that's still – could be Part of the, 20 to 25 minutes instead of Buddy's 30-plus that he's used Yeah, to. but I, I think Hayward probably starts if you have him. Well, he, he could, but that, and that's, I think that's, that's actually that's not the Pacers. A, but I think that's actually a good move. I think starting him with Matherin and Halliburton and Obi and Miles is really good because you get a secondary playmaker with Hayward. I think someone that can defend a little bit better than people give him credit for. 
And then your bench unit is, you know, surrounded with Nimhard, Neesmith, Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown. Yeah. I mean, because Bruce Brown, I don't think that there's too much of a promise that he would start. And I think that yeah. if you brought in a Hayward, it would make more sense to start him. But like you said, then you have Hayward's salary to trade in a big trade if someone became available. And I think expiring contracts are what a lot of teams like nowadays. Um, I, I would just I would just say don't kill your future assets, but I think this is a good deal that makes sense. I, I'm kind of curious on one team that I think Buddy would actually fit into well, and that's the Boston Celtics. I think that – What do you got here? If you, if you look at who they were two years ago under Ime Udoka, right, this is a team that was defensive mind, and I would have said I, I don't necessarily think Buddy fits this team. But with your West Virginia Mountaineer coach taking over, Joe Missoula, Yep, they have shifted completely to a more offensive power team. Now, I think that there seems to be a disgruntled player that almost that actually was traded, but the trade got vetoed. Former Pacer Malcolm Brogdon. Now, hear me out. Uh, I don't I'm want... wondering where you're going with well, this because I'm saying ain't no way we're bringing Brogdon back. Well, but I want to hear it. Well, we would have number seven available. <laughs> no, my God, we did. Now, no, let me let me let me put this out here for you. What if the Pacers traded Buddy Hield and TJ McConnell to the Boston Celtics? The Boston Celtics then trade Malcolm Brogdon to a team that needs a point guard. Is there a team that sticks off the page to you that's like they could use a point guard? Toronto Raptors. Okay, but they got Dennis Schroeder in free agency. Well, who's I who's mean, another Eastern Conference team that needs a point guard right now? Um, The Chicago Bulls. I'll help you out. Okay. All right. Lonzo Ball. Out, right? So they got Ayo Desunmu and they've got Kobe White. Okay. Both guys are recently signed, so you can't trade them. But hear me out. Malcolm Brogdon goes to Chicago. I think that makes a lot of sense because they've already got a veteran team. You got Malcolm, you got Levine, you got DeRozan, you got Vooch, you got Pat Williams, you got Caruso. Pretty good squad. Now the Pacers in this deal would be taking on Lonzo Ball, who I think if he comes back from his injury, not this year. He'll be out all year, so you have to worry about him playing and not being a log jam. He does have another year on that contract. He does. So that, I looked at it. It's it's so, $20 million. So. Yeah, so that's the only thing, but it's an expiring, so I think it could be tradable. But at the same time, I think it could be interesting if he's healthy by the start of the 24-25 season being a backup point guard for this team. So just keep that in mind. But as well, you're also going to get – Peyton Pritchard from the Celtics in this deal and a 2024 top 10 protected first round pick from Chicago for taking on Lonzo to help them get Malcolm. So you're getting a pick, you're getting two guys that are point guards, quote unquote, you're losing a point guard here and TJ McConnell, but you kind of replace him with Peyton Pritchard, who I think actually might be a better fit long-term for this Pacers team. And then you can kind of make your decision on Lonzo. And if Lonzo can come back, I mean, he's an expiring. Once again, you could throw him in a deal if you need to throw him in a deal for money reasons. But I just think getting a pick, getting Peyton Pritchard for Hilda McConnell could make some sense. Good. I'm I'm worried that Lonzo never returns to, you know, what he was. But before. I'm not worried about him. It's more about the salary filler. It's just like a bonus. If yeah. He's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I'm not saying to trade just trade buddy to trade buddy, but I think Peyton Pritchard's really good. And I think he's showcased like in the playoffs, like he's had moments already. He's got experience there. He's got teammates on the Pacers now with Neesmith and, and Ty said he played with before. So there is that chemistry. The Pacers and the Celtics, though, have had very good 
conversations with Brad Stevens being in the front office and him having a good connection with Indiana. So I just think that it does make some sense. Chicago, they're a team that needs a point guard. So I think that them being enamored by a Malcolm Brogdon as their starting point guard with the veteran group they have could make sense as well, too, since they already have Lonzo Ball out. First, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I didn't look to see who does have chemistry with Tice. You know, so, you know, no, I joke. You but should. Like, I, you should I, be I sad think, about that. I, Pritchard and yeah. Tice in the second unit? Oh, my God. We're going to give Bill Simmons flat, uh, nightmares. Yep, yep. Well, could have uh, been I them. Think, I think the Bulls, it definitely makes sense to get Malcolm Mal, to get Malcolm Brog to Chicago. makes a lot of sense for the Bulls. For the Pacers, yeah, the, it then I'm not a big fan of making a deal to then say, okay, but then we need to make the next deal after this. It starts to get a little bit messy. You're so, overthinking this. I mean, I, I'm overthinking it. I you think are. you're over. You just you said I'm not worried. You who, said who I'm not worried. I'm just telling you stuff. I'm just giving you points to add on. But you're like, oh, I mean, even if everybody hates this trade, that's fine. But you're just like, well, I don't like taking on Lonzo. If that means we're going to trade him later, it's like we did the same thing with Buddy Hill when we traded for Tyrese. Yeah, but Buddy was a healthy player that played. And okay, was good for us. Ta- yeah, they Lonzo traded. Ball, they Mike, traded for you- Karis Levert whenever he had the major issue. Yeah, but he was still – well, they didn't really know he was going to have an issue until they finally did the medical. And then it was like, all right, you do we still want to do this? And then, hey, yeah, exactly. Whatever. I, I think that situation is a little bit different. Lonzo Ball might never play again. So, I don't know. I think I think that's a, that's a move that people might be like, eh. I don't know. A couple of years ago, we were knocking the Pacers for trading for players that were already injured. This guy might not play again. Yeah, but so, it's only a two-year deal. I'm not worried about it. That's my whole point. I'm not worried about what Lonzo brings to the team. I'm looking at getting a good first-round pick from Chicago, and I'm also looking at getting a young player in Peyton Pritchard that can be my T.J. McConnell replacement on a cheaper deal. Well, I believe he's actually due a contract. He's on a team option this year, so they'll obviously pick it up if he gets traded, and then he'll be an expiring at the end of the season. Do you have interest in bringing him back? For the right price. Well, I mean, for the right price for anybody, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not more a fan worried of it. I'm more worried about the pick. That's yeah. another pick in next year's thing. draft. So then are you willing to then kind of not punt on this year, but basically say this year doesn't really matter anymore then? Why would it not matter? I'm getting rid of Buddy Hill, and I don't lose anything really off my bench. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, you're talking about Tim Hardaway Jr., with the Mavericks in the first round pick. No, like, I, I said I said But that I'm just saying, like, that's – but people are throwing that up there like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. But Tim Hardaway Jr. has money on his contract next year too. Yeah, that's why I said I had no interest in that deal. Yeah, uh, but people are throwing it out there like, let's just be honest, like THJ plus this makes a lot of sense. Now, I don't think this is the best offer. I think there's other offers that could be better. But yeah. I'm just making the case for this because I, I think that they want to send their guys to somewhere where they can potentially win. I think at this point the Pacers' goal is to make the playoffs. It's not to win a championship. I don't think that they're winning a championship with Buddy Hill or TJ McConnell on the roster. So no. you get an additional asset. So now you have three first-round picks once again going into the offseason. You have an expiring contract of Lonzo Ball. You have uh, Bruce Brown on a team option. I mean, you have your options now to make bigger deals. That's my whole point with this. Like, you don't have that pick if you don't trade Buddy, right? So that's the whole point. Like, you're doing it yeah. for the pick with the possibility of keeping a guy like Peyton Pritchard around who I think that he would – Kind of, I think Carlisle would really like him because he is a very scrappy player. Yeah, one of, the, I mean, that's why when I mentioned the first deal with OKC, you get Bertans only five million dollars is guaranteed the following year, so that is treated as an expiring contract. You still get a first round pick. So 
you know, it's at least someone that, you know, is healthy enough to be able to play or, you know, hit threes and whatever you need. So either way, look, I'm a fan of if I'm trading buddy, I want a draft pick in there. I yeah. do. Unless he's part of a bigger deal to acquire, you know, an all-star caliber player. So I'm with you, you know, in a scenario, hey, look, get a pick or get a player, but don't just force a deal for like Pat Connaughton and, and uh, Grayson Allen. Like something yeah. like that does, does nothing for the team and, no. and would just not be worth it. Yeah, and I mean, I've got other trades, but we're going to save our yeah. I got some other ones exactly. We're going to exactly. save our full trade things out there. So, like our fake trades for Buddy Hield, we'll do a podcast on that next week. But I just want to throw that one out there because it does make sense to me. And I'm just going to go back real quick to my point because if you're not a believer in Lonzo at all, then I totally get why you'd be out. But if you are a believer in Lonzo coming back at some point. Wouldn't it be interesting to see him come back on the Pacers oh, yeah. as the backup point guard? Like, I think he could be a really good player, which he's been known for being a pretty solid defender. He could play with Tyrese as well. I just think overall, my big reason for doing it is, you know, he's not playing this year. So it simplifies the rotation. It, does, it definitely does simplify the rotation. And look, I love Lonzo's game. Yeah. I, I really do. His court vision, phenomenal. It got better as a three-point shooter year after year. Solid defense. I just felt like, hey, there was a lot to like. I really do hope that he is able to, you know, not only return to the game, but also be able to be, you know, at least three-fourths or more of the player that he was before. I just don't know. And in this scenario, I'm like just a little bit hesitant to be like, oh, man, I I don't know. That's that's a little bit risky. But, hey, I could see both sides to it. If it's like, hey, look, we'll, we'll, he'll never play for us. We'll get a pick. We'll move on. Some people might like that. Yeah, and what if you even, you know, do like a sign-and-trade with him? Like, not him being the sign-and-trade person, but what if you sign-and-trade? Like, let's just say Toronto. You know, Ginobili opts out and decides he wants to sign elsewhere with a team. What if the Pacers did a sign-and-trade where they traded Lonzo Ball to Toronto for an OG Ananobi and maybe threw another asset in there? I think that that is another thing to keep in mind. Like, um, one of the guys you brought up, Gordon Hayward from Charlotte. If the Pacers traded for Gordon Hayward, don't you think there'd be a pretty good chance he would re-sign with the Pacers in the offseason? I think he'd like to. If, if, we're, if there's mutual interest on our side, which has been, yeah. You know, I think at this point in his career, he he would be willing. He was willing to take a discount four years ago, mm-hmm. three to four years ago. I think he would definitely take an even steeper discount now, knowing that, you know, some things have changed over the last few years with his yeah. game. But, um, yeah. Interesting options. I think the Pacers don't need to rush this. No, they don't. By any means. This is not like a James Harden on our hands where it's like, uh-oh, like, is he even going to show up to training camp or what's going to happen? Like, he's publicly demanding a trade. Like, nope. The Pacers are going about this in the right way, probably saying, hey, we'll find you a new home. Work hard for us. Let's focus on winning. Everything's going to work out. And Buddy's probably like, all right. Great. Let's do it. Yeah. No, and it, and it happens all the time. The NBA is a business at the end of the day, and I think people forget about that sometimes. But this is just a little bit of a sample size of what you're going to get next week when me and Fachi will throw out trade ideas that we both love and hate, that we both oh, bring yeah. to the table. That's how it works for us, you know? So we're just, we're just throwing crap at the wall and hoping it sticks eventually. But I will say this, just for a little bit of a teaser for that, oh. your point about let's see how it plays out this regular season before anything happens. There's one team I'm keeping an eye on, Fachi. That's a team in California. They made some interesting moves this offseason. Now, let's see. 
if one of those players doesn't really click with a group that they've had for a while now, maybe he could be somebody on the move and he has an expiring contract. I think I know exactly where you're going about this because I scanned it every team. Are you talking about Don't the Golden State Warriors? Oh, you know, I couldn't. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I was eager, man. I mean, trade trade machine season. I mean, I started going through it, looking yeah. at everything, and I started going, hmm. Keep an eye on Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. They're all gung-ho about it right now. I mean, he's having saying and them getting Dwight Howard, maybe. They they think it's going to work. I mean, I listen to J.J. Reddick's podcast, and they're just like, oh, they want to win a championship for Chris Paul. Give it 25 games. Let's see how the Warriors look, and let's see how Chris Paul fits in. It's a valid point. It, it really is, because I, I think that um, a big part of trading for Chris Paul wasn't necessarily Chris Paul. I think it was, hey, how do we find money that adds up to Jordan Poole's contract, but we can get out of that contract. Chris Paul fit perfectly. There was actually a time where they didn't know if Chris Paul was going to be traded again yeah. right after that. So, hey, who knows how that plays out? But, yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, it's something to keep our eye on. Yeah, if he gets traded to the Pacers, too, and you don't think it makes sense to keep him here, you could buy him out because he is on an expiring deal. Then he could go elsewhere and sign with the team that maybe is more of a contender where he feels like he can fit in, a.k.a. the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that I have a trade for the Pacers. I could have a three-team trade. I could have a four-team trade. You never know with me. But you never know. with that being said, Fachi, I think that the Buddy Hill situation is going to be one that's very interesting to monitor. But I don't want to act like we're discrediting what Buddy brings to this team. No. We do understand Buddy's value, and we do think that there will be aspects of his game that will be missed if he is dealt. But we also see the bigger picture with the youth movement, with the younger guys behind him that should be getting more minutes this season and are the future of this team. And his age just doesn't really line up with this core. It doesn't. Great, great player. So fun to watch. I mean, Buddy set the record last year for the quickest made shot ever. I mean, remember right off the tip off, he just caught it hit a three, it was like, I think it broke Reggie's record. He just does so many exciting things. You could never count him out. It feels like any night he could have the potential to hit 10 threes in a game. He's that awesome and fun of a player to watch. But we felt there there was the writing on the wall, and, and there is no love lost over here. If, if the Pacers want to find a new home for Buddy and he wants a new home, we understand. This is what a contract year is. You know there's always that. Well, we can't let you walk for nothing. So if we're not going to bring you back, this is kind of the the option that we have to exhaust. So either either way, I'm going to enjoy the remaining games that we have with Buddy Heald. I'm I'm going to soak it in because these three point shooters, man, they, they they don't come around like this. The Reggies, the Buddies, these these are generational three point shooters, and I've had fun watching them. Same here, Fachi, and I think it'll be fun to see him rocking number seven next year for the seven uh, games that he's man. here. Yeah, I mean, the seven still hurts me, but, you, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, man. All right, man. Well, while you're hurting, let people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenMBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at pace And Alex... Tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast, where you will find all of our video content. We are excited about the new things that are going to be coming up this season on our YouTube page. So while we've been a little bit MIA right there on our YouTube page as of late, it is because we are getting ourselves prepared for the new launch of our YouTube page. and going to really revamp things up there and hopefully you guys enjoy it. But with that being said, Fachi, 
If you've appreciated every second that Buddy Hill has played for the Pacers, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast.